Welcome to Lifelines. This is John Augustine. Sam Rosenwald emigrated from Germany to America in 1854. His wife's relatives set him up in business, going from door to door selling notions, buttons, thread, lace, from a pack on his back. By the Civil War era, he and his family owned a little store in Springfield, Illinois, doing a brisk business in men's clothes and military uniforms. His son, Julius, grew up helping in the store, but when he was 17, Julius headed north to Chicago to seek his fortune. By the turn of the century, he was one of the richest men in America. He not only ran Sears and Roebuck, he owned it. Roebuck had already left the company when Rosenwald came in as a partner with Richard Sears. In 1904, they decided to go public, and both men became instant millionaires. In 1908, Sears left the day-to-day -day operation of the company to his partner, though he remained chairman of the board. And when Sears died in 1914, Julius Rosenwald, the immigrant peddler's son, stood alone as the head of one of America's largest and most successful companies. But it's what happened after that that makes J.R., as he was known, noteworthy. After 10 years in the driver's seat, he left much of Sears' administration in other hands and devoted himself to philanthropy, pledging one-third of his annual income to charity and revolutionizing the way American charity worked. He didn't just hand out money. Almost all of his support was given in the form of matching funds. J.R. figured if an organization couldn't attract other contributors, it wasn't worth supporting. He hoped his donations, combined with others, would inspire other people to pitch in. His charitable reach was broad and influential, but most of his money went to three concerns. Rosenwald loved the city where he had made his fortune and became one of the great benefactors of Chicago. He contributed to many specifically Chicago charities, such as Jane Addams' famous Hull House. Always drawn to educational needs, he supported the young and progressive University of Chicago, serving on its board of trustees for many years. Inspired by a museum he had visited in Munich, J.R. spearheaded the effort to establish Chicago's Museum of Science and Industry, contributing $5 million to that effort. His second focus was recent impoverished Jewish immigrants, especially in Chicago, who needed support in their transition to a new land, as his own family had received. J.R. served as president of United Jewish Charities, which combined the efforts of several small services, making Chicago, in his judgment, the home of the most progressive Jewish community in the world. Part of Rosenwald's devotion to the University of Chicago was due to its non-discriminatory hiring policies, at a time when many American colleges imposed quotas on Jewish student enrollment and refused to hire Jewish professors. But he would not contribute to Yeshiva University, since it was designed exclusively for Jews, nor was he a Zionist, refused to help fund a Jewish homeland in Palestine. From his perspective, America was the promised land, with the hope of Jews and Christians living and working side by side. Rosenwald's third dedication was to the African-American community. Racism and anti-Semitism brought the two discriminated peoples together and encouraged a bond and alliance that he had the power to encourage, though he could not single-handedly overcome segregation. He worked with Booker T. Washington and W.E.B. Du Bois, 
gave generously to the Urban League and the NAACP, where he also served on the board. He founded schools and health clinics to serve the black population in the South and obliged the states to chip in for these institutions and commit to their support. All of this was accomplished with a certain humility. When he led Sears, he ate lunch every day in the employees' lunchroom and never considered changing the name of the company to Rosenwald Department Stores. People called his science museum the Rosenwald Museum and his Southern Schools for Black Children Rosenwald Schools, but he never did. He was always about the community, not self-promotion. As a result, most people have never heard of him, but he's worth remembering. His biography was written by Hasia Dana. This program has been Lifelines. I'm John Augustine.